Well, we are excited to have Pastor Mark with us. And there is a few of you I know who have not met him, so I want to give him a little bit of an introduction. We have been connected with Pastor Mark, oh, for I don't know how long, probably 10 or 12 years at least, I would say. Uh, we've sent a team. At least one person from our church has gone to Poland for about the last nine years, I believe, nine or 10, 11, nine, 10, 11. Is this year 11? So this coming year will be 11. We, I know we've got at least one and a handful of you that are wanting to go. So we'll hopefully have about three or four of us. And uh, hopefully we have Gary Coe joining us as well. I'm believing for that. And so, but Pastor Mark, um, he, was, he was born in Poland. And he was, came to CFNI, Christ for the Nations, in Dallas and went to school there. And uh, received the call of God not to stay in the United States, but to go back to his home country of Poland, and to begin a church there in the western uh, side of Poland, over towards Germany, in Griffith, Slosky. <laughs> no, that's like, no, no. No, no, it's close. Okay, I only went one time, so I didn't get Polish yet. So he has been there with the church for, what, almost 30 years? 25, 30 19, 25 years. So 25 years is 25 years. Uh, he is married, and he has two two boys that are grown. And uh, he has a lovely wife, Marisha, who, who comes and visits us uh, probably about every other year when she can. She's doing a women's conference this coming week, so you can be praying for her. Uh, but Mark has planted church there, and, and God has blessed him with so much, and you'll see that some of that in the video. But uh, that church has become more than just one church. There's been churches planted. There's been connections made. There's been a center built. There's been ministry from all over that region that happens. So when we're, when we're touching this part of Poland, we're, we're touching not just, just one little place. We're touching other villages, other towns, other cities, all throughout the western side and even beyond the rest of Poland. It's an awesome thing. God is up to good things in Poland, but uh, I'm going to let Pastor Mark come and share the details and the updates and all that stuff. So if you'll just welcome him with me, Pastor Mark, come on, brother. How about that? Good. Uh, it's good. Oh, it's good to be here. You know, uh, I was talking today before the service with uh, Ronnie and uh, Greg, and then it, it's the first time when I came here to this city was 19, I think, 87 or 88, because I remember Ivan came to Christ for the Nations, and then I was that time very young, you know. And then skinny, <laughs> single, and uh, but it was this way that God put us together, those precious two families that we've been together and you've been with us for so many years, and then uh, you just sitting here and enjoy the fruits, what God has done through us, through me and my wife, and then through uh, through our ministry in Poland. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing what God has done. And then before I will go into God's Word, let me just uh, do some update on what God has been doing with us just recently. Uh, I don't know if all of you read the book, When God Sent Grace to the Soviet Gulag. This is the book about my father, who last October went to be with the Lord. 
And then, uh, so we finished this project, we finished the book. It's an amazing story of what God has done in his life. And actually, I'm standing here because in that book, there was one man who paid the price. And he paid the price and he went to Siberia, to prison labor camp, and he led my father and 16 other prisoners to the Lord. And then if not obeying the Holy Spirit, going to Siberia because of faith, this Christian brother from Ukraine, from Chernyovice, he went there, he obeyed God, he listened to what the Holy Spirit spoke to him, and he went there and he led my father to the Lord. When my father got saved, he said this, this prison labor camp became for me a paradise. I don't have to worry about if I will stay here for the rest of my life. So I brought some of those books with me. This is a great gift for the Christmas. If you can get the book and then uh, give somebody, it, it is an amazing story what God has done, not only because of my father, but because of what God's power can do all over the world. And what God is doing when people obey God. So you're very welcome to pick up one of these books with the donation of $15. That would be great. And then uh, some of you has been uh, uh, involved with our program that God put in my heart about 13 years ago. We started a program called Child Sponsorship. And then some of you have been supporting the child or children uh, over those years. Some of those kids, they finished the program. Some of them, they're still on the program. But last year, God put in my heart to help uh, children who are handicapped in our community. I came to the, to the mayor, who is a friend of mine, and I told him, Oleg, uh, God put in my heart uh, that we want to help children who are handicapped. Are there any handicapped children in your city? He said, sure there are. He called to the director of the social workers, and in 30 minutes, this director uh, of the social workers, she called me back, and she spoke to me, and she said she's so happy that we can do that. And then, so she contacted us with 10 families who have a handicapped children. And last year, when we started this program, uh, it was amazing what God has done. We, every, every child has a different needs. We have some children who are with the autism, uh, some children who are laying in beds, some who are on the wheelchair, and then uh, some of them who constantly taking medicine, so we help for, for buying this medicine. Some of those kids, are they, they need to see the doctor all the time, and then the, the family cannot afford to do that. So we, we assist in that, help them to go to, go to see this doctor. And then uh, it was amazing. Uh, when we came to one family, they had a boy who had autism, and then they, we told them that we want to help this boy uh, with, with the need, and then we asked him, what was the need? Uh, I said, you know, he's having, you know, too much energy. We need to do something that he can jump, run. So we said, well, we will provide a trampoline, you know, for, for the boy. And then uh, and we bought it. We bought the trampoline uh, from this child sponsorship program. And then uh, we bought the swimming pool, just small one, uh, for the kids so he can jump in that, in that water. And then uh, it was amazing. When I, when I was on the way out of their home, the father came out and says, I can't understand what you're doing. He said, I even don't come to your church. And then I, I've been going to the Catholic church and the Catholic priest never helped us any and even didn't ask us if we need any, uh, if we have any needs. And you're doing that, why? And I told him, you know, 
Because Jesus is the one who changed our lives and put love to everyone. It doesn't matter where you go, but we want to make a difference for in, a, in our community. So that's what we're doing. And then uh, you're very welcome. The commitment is for one, one year, uh, the program, and then we renew every year. Uh, some of those kids, they stay. Some of those, uh, they will be out of the program. But we have 20 cards. And then uh, it costs only $40 a month to provide for the, for the child or one-time gift for 480 You're very welcome to do that. And all informations are here. Some of you who have been supporting the children, uh, you know how to do that. And i really uh, very thankful to, to the whole church what you're doing and to you, brothers and sisters. Amen? So let me show you what we've done in the last year with the updated. There are some... Uh, some uh, uh, video that we've done you know every year we grow we grow in the church by evangelism we don't uh, we have only one church in our city that we planted me and my wife that god saved two ladies from jehovah witness organization that's how the church started so all people are newborn christians in our in our in our church that came they came to the lord so you can you can see this if you want to see the whole presentation you can go to youtube and then write Mission Center Poland but on YouTube and there is a, there is a presentation of the whole center uh, with the three buildings and then uh, uh, you know it's amazing uh, over those years when we planted the church from zero from nothing over 2,000 people got saved in the city of 8,000 many of them they moved out many of them they are in, in other places in other nations uh, which I don't like, but what can you do? Uh, I changed my uh, uh, way of the acting with them because before when they were leaving, I got mad, you know. Uh, wouldn't help them, uh, it would be bad for me. But then uh, what we started to do, everyone who is leaving for other nations because of the economy in Poland, we lay hands on them, we pray for them, because they will extend the God's kingdom in those nations where they go. And today we have a churches in Norway, Polish churches, in England, in Scotland, in Ireland, and uh, in Germany, Holland, Sweden, all over those European countries. There are Polish people everywhere, like a mafia, you know? They spread everywhere. <laughs> and <laughs> and that's what we, we're doing. But you know... Uh, just, uh, just think about it. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom, prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer to say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of this list of these my brethren, you did it to me. Powerful story, what Jesus said. Whatever you're doing, and I know that we, we are involved in all kinds of the ministries, all kinds of help. 
what you're doing wonderful with the shoe uh, boxes, uh, what we're doing in Poland, and then uh, different, different activities for, for those who, who are in need. Just think about it. Everyone will receive a great reward in heaven that, that God would, would, would give us. And then I really appreciate for standing with us, that you, together with us, helping us, our nation, and our people in Poland. And I like to share with you God's word, brothers and sisters. This is why I'm here. You know, our life is eternal life. Amen? It doesn't end here on this earth. You know, I will be 54 in December 28. And when I look back, I said, it was just a few years ago when I came here first time, but it was almost 30 years ago. But it was just yeah, like yesterday, you know, this time with the Day Spring Church, I took the guitar, I was singing, and then uh, my, my English was very broken. I was trying to say something, and praise God, everyone understood what I said. <laughs> and then I look now, you know, I'm 54, so I'm thinking about what I have done, how much God used me, and how much time I have in the front of me, and what I still can do for His glory. And I know that the life will be over sooner or later. But it will not over for us because it will be eternity. Eternity with Jesus. In the book of John, chapter 14, verse 1 to 4, we read the tremendous story when Jesus said this. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. We have to know, we have to understand that our life is eternity. Eternity with Jesus or eternity without Him. When I was a child, when I was a teenager, everything what, everything what we were talking about, singing about, was eternal life. You remember the songs about 30 years ago, 40 years ago? I will see in the sky. Jesus is coming soon. You don't hear so many songs about the Jesus coming. You don't, you don't hear about that, uh, that our life will be over. We sing wonderful worship songs. We praise God. But we don't talk about going home. Am I right? But this is our destiny. Going home. <laughs> we cannot be stuck in this earth. And we won't because we will be with him forever. So, I remember this verse. I preached on that verse first time in my life. My uncle who was a pastor, he, his uh, son is now a pastor in Vuvek City where we live. Uh, on one Sunday mo- morning after the church, he came to me and says, you preach next Wednesday. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> that time we had the service Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Friday night. So uh, on Wednesday, I was preparing the message. Book of John, chapter 14, from verse 1 all the way down, I think, to, to the 15. 
time standing in the front of my church, 16 years old boy. That was me. Reading the Bible, look at them and says, and we should do in this way. Amen. That was my message. <laughs> that was my message. <laughs> and then today, I want to share with you a little bit deeper what was with this story. You know, God gave me this year uh, two words that I was uh, ministering and I was speaking. Uh, and I believe those, those words are for, for everywhere where I go. You know, God gave me the word there was breakthrough. We all need in our lives breakthrough. Amen? We need to remember that, that we need this. And also the other word that God gave me, it was overcoming circumstances in our lives. We see so many people in the Bible that God gave them breakthrough in their lives. Just think about it. When I was thinking about those breakthroughs in people's life, I was thinking about Moses. You know, revival started in the whole country because Moses was going to the tent and was meeting with the Lord. And because everyone, all people, the whole Israel, look at Moses, what he was doing, they were following and they were doing the same. They were going to their own tents to meet with the Lord. And because what they were doing, Moses led the whole nation into revival. People, they were spending time with God, and they were seeking God with all of their hearts. Breakthrough. Then I was thinking about Jehoshaphat. You know, Jehoshaphat is one of the kings of Judah from the Old Testament. One of those seven kings that did right and good. He brought victory and freedom to the whole nation. How did he bring the victory and freedom to the whole nations when the nation was started to occupy by Philistines by fasting and prayer he started to fast and pray and he called the whole nation into the fasting and prayer and because what they've done when they started to fast and pray God answered the, the prayer and brought the victory and freedom breakthrough in the whole nation then when I was thinking about it, I was thinking about the man named Samuel. He led the whole nation to repentance. And then because people, they repented, God brought the victory to the whole nations. Again, from the nations that wanted to occupy Israel. Then I was thinking about the Nehemiah, the man of prayer. You know, he was a cup bearer. What he was doing? What was his job? He was taking the wine, you know, not the juice, wine. <laughs> he was taking the wine. He was bringing the wine in the cup to the king. Before he gave him, he was drinking that. That time, to poison somebody was very common. So, cup bearer was the man who was the protection for the king. Think about it. That was a lot of prayer in Nehemiah's life. <laughs> the Bible tells us whatever he wanted to say, he prayed. Yes? Because he became the man of prayer, and because he was seeking the Lord, he was trusting God, he was man of prayer, that 
prayer brought the power to his life and to the whole nation. And he could bring the whole nation from the captivity of Babylon and bring them to Jerusalem. Breakthrough. How many people need to do the breakthrough? Only one. Only one person who obeyed God can bring the breakthrough to the whole nation. To the whole family. To whole city. Amen? Then when I was thinking about other words, what God gave me, God gave me the word of circumstances. Overcome the circumstances in our lives. Then again, I was thinking about Moses. You know, Moses, when he led Israel out of Egypt, they came to the situation that I would say there was no way out. He brought the whole nation and there was a Red Sea in the front of them. They couldn't go. They couldn't pass. And when I look back, there was the army, Egyptian army, was running after them to kill them. So I would say there was a way and situations that uh, the people started to, to say something. And Moses did a very interesting thing. He was seeking God and he spoke to the whole nation. And he told them three things. The first thing Moses told them this. Do not be afraid. When their circumstances come to our lives, when we're facing difficulties, the one of the things the devil wants to use in our lives is bring the fear to your life. He wants to bring the fear to you so you will be afraid. And the Bible tells us totally different about not to be afraid. So he told to the whole country, don't be afraid. The second thing the Moses told them, do not complain. Very often when we end up in the situation that we don't like, we complain. Well, actually, we blame others what's happened to our lives. It's not, I'm, I'm happy in this situation, but, you know, it, it wasn't exactly me. That was because of my family. They did it, and I'm here. Or the, the neighbor, or the other people, you know? So Moses told to the whole nation, don't complain. Don't be afraid. Don't complain. And the third word that he spoke to the whole nation, he said, trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Trust Him. When, I, when God gave me the vision for the mission center that you saw that, I didn't think that would be this place. And when, when God opened the door for us and we've got it, you know, sometimes I said, oh, I don't know if we will finish this. You know, but I believed. I said, God, you gave me this word. You told me to do this. And you know what? If God says something, he will do that. He will do that. I didn't have to worry about it. And today we have a, such a great and beautiful place that pastors and leaders can come. In fact, this is the second year that we do the Bible school for young pastors and leaders. And I bring them to our center we cover everything for them so they can be equipped and can be sent out and work on the 
on their mission field where they are in their location in their towns and cities. Amazing what God is doing. Amen? There are some circumstances in our lives we don't like. I remember when I came to this city grip of Shlonsky, we didn't have anything. It was so hard. But I, I had to not be afraid. And I was teaching those few ladies that God saved them. I said, don't be afraid. What God promised for us, He will do that. There are a lot of people, they need Jesus in this town. And because we trust the Lord, we believe God did miracles and lots of people get saved. Then I was thinking about Joshua, you know, about his circumstances. Just think about that. He was the general of the army, the whole nation. And God is speaking to the general, to the professional. He is telling him this. Walk around the Jericho once a day for seven days. On the seventh day, you walk seven times. And don't say any word. Think about it. They were walking around. So, well, Joshua had to tell the whole nation. They said, well, we're we going to walk around the, the walls. This is the strategy. The, the, you know, we will conquer this city. What the people would think? We don't conquer the city through walking around the walls. Now, our strategy is different. We want to go and fight, yes? But God's strategy is totally different. So the circumstances that they faced were those walls of Jericho. What what Joshua did, he obeyed God and he believed what God spoke to him. And that's what he said to the whole nation. We will do this way. And they were walking around and they didn't say any words. No complaining, nothing, no word. I think there was a reason why they had not say, say not. Any words. Then when I was thinking about the circumstances, I was thinking about Peter. You know, Peter ended up in the prison. Just a few days ago, James was killed by Herod. And now, the next day, should be execution on Peter's life. He's sitting in the prison, and he sleeps. He's Resting in the Lord. And God took him out of this situation. Brought him out of the prison. Why? Because Peter trusted God in every situation of his life. Then I was thinking about Paul, who ended up also in the prison. And while he was in the prison, wounded, we read that story when they were in the prison in the middle of the night. What did they do? They were singing. How did they sing? I think that they were singing, God, oh, oh. they were hurting. The wounds, blood was on their bed. But they were singing. How loud they were singing. They were singing so loud that the whole prison 
heard them singing, worshiping God. And I just can't imagine the situation. God looks down and says, Hey, the whole heaven. You see my boys? That's my boys. We need to jump here. So they were jumping in heaven, and all of a sudden the earthquake came on this earth. And the whole doors got open. Why? Because they trusted God. They obeyed God. Even in the difficult situations. So whenever you are, God can do breakthrough in your lives. Whenever you are, He can give you victory in every circumstances in your life. Amen? Amen. And I am the witness of that. Because God did a change in my life. And I can see what God can do in every people's life. It took one person in Siberia, and my father got saved. It took one person. I remember one boy who was 17 years an alcoholic, six years in the prison, one year non-stop rank, who became my leader. But before he became my leader, because of the past crime, as a newborn Christian, setting free from the bondage of the alcoholism, set free from the delirium and alcoholics epilepsy. I'm taking him, going back to the prison, and sending him back to the prison for six more months as a newborn Christian. It took one person, him, when he went to the prison, he led 16 other prisoners in six months to the Lord. That's what God is doing. It takes only one person. Sometimes we say, who am I? What can I do? Is it really that God can use me? God can use everyone. Either way, this is a child, or the middle age, like me, or a little bit older than me. God can use everyone. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Amen. It took one person. It took one person when I went to this grateful city. And because I, when I was in this group of city, God saved over 2,000 people. So living on this earth, our goal is eternal life. But we have a job to be done here. You know, it's not like I'm going home, so I will be, I'm going home, heaven of course, I will be sitting here doing nothing. No, God hates laziness. Laziness. God doesn't like if somebody is lazy. So come back to this scripture. This is just introduction that I said. Think about it. Jesus is telling those disciples, uh, let not your heart be troubled. Yes? Why did he say that? Because during this day, in one day, a few things happened in the upper room. The first thing happened, some of those disciples started to argue. That who is the greatest? You know, Jesus will lead us uh, to bring the freedom to our nation from the empire, uh, Roman Empire. Is it good? Something good. good. Oh. From Roman Empire. Uh, so, so they started to do something. Well, let's, let's think who will be doing what. 
So some of them, they said, well, I'm going to do this. So they, they dispute. You know, they will they were argue together. And Jesus looked at them and says, well, listen, boys. You shouldn't be in this way. You have to be a servant. You have to be served to one another. So while they were arguing, all of a sudden, Jesus is turning to all of them and says, one of you will betray me. So some of them says, not me. Who? Maybe him or him. And the same day, Jesus is telling them this. You know, I'm leaving. And where I go, you cannot go now. How did they think? In one day, so many informations. They were argue. They were uh, fighting one another. Uh, they heard that one of them is going to betray Jesus. Then they hear that Jesus is leaving. They thought that he will bring the freedom to our nation. But he is leaving. And where he is going, we cannot go. And then in the front of the, all those 12 disciples, Jesus turned to Peter and says, Peter, you would deny me three times. Their heart has been troubled because of that situation. And Jesus says, listen, let your heart not be troubled. And for the only reason that your heart cannot be troubled is faith. Believe in God and believe in me. Because your future is already prepared. In my father's house, that means this is a house. Heaven is the house. And in this house, there are different mansions prepared for you. So let your heart not be troubled. And when I think about that, this gives me a great joy. Because I'm living on this earth, and I know that one day my life will be over. In August 18, I was sitting by my father's bed in the hospital. And he was laying. He was out of conscious. There was another man in that room. And while I was with him alone, uh, for maybe three hours already, that man who was laying there uh, started to talk to him. And I told him, you know, this is my father. And I said, he's a great man. He did a great impact into my life. He was in Siberia. And I started to tell him about my father got saved in Siberia. And then I turned to him and I said, can I pray for you? He says, you, yes, yes, please. So I lay hands on him and I pray over this man in this, in this hospital, in this, uh, in this room, in the hospital. And then I turned, sat down by my father and I look at him and I said, God, this man, just two days ago, we were laughing. We were smiling. And, then, uh, and he's laying. He doesn't know anything right now. I lay hands on him and I said, Lord, if you want to give him more years, give him more years, let him not hurt. If you want to take him home, take him home. The nurse came, took oxygen from him. The nurse left and I looked at the paramedics and the paramedics went down all the numbers to zero. And in one moment, I just saw like he just disappeared. He just took off. He gave the last breath. And I look at my father and says, we will see pretty soon. 
in God's kingdom. Because this man paid the price. He planted the church. He was a great, great man and a great example for my life. So whenever we are, brothers and sisters, let me tell you this. Our life is eternal. Sometimes we have a situations that we need a breakthrough in those situations in our lives. And God will bring us and will give us. Sometimes we are in situations that we don't like. We can't do anything with that. But what we can do, we can work on our side, inside of us, how we look at the situation who is around us. Because God wants to give us the victory. And I want to encourage all of you, one day we will see each other in heaven. But till this time, work hard, do the God's work, reach those who are lost, bring them to the God's kingdom, and let the devil be mad. And his name, Jesus' name, will be lifted up and glorified. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Thank you very much for being with you. Uh, but Brother Mark, can we, can we just lay hands on you and pray for you? We do this, we probably do this every year, but uh, some of you want to come on up and uh, we would just want to pray over him and uh, his time here in the United States. Uh, he's going to be traveling to Atlanta while he's here um, and then coming back again. He will be hunting while he's here. And so we can pray for that too, for the abundance of blessing upon that. So um, come on up here, brother. Yeah, right here. Well, we want to surround you. Please come to Poland. We're having a team. So if this sparks your interest, if God speaks to you and says, I need to be on the team for next February, then uh, talk to myself or Guy or somebody that, looks like, somebody that looks like they've gone before. So, amen. Thank you, Lord. We just thank you right now, Holy Spirit. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Jesus. We agree. Oh, dear. No, Father, we just think about pastors and they give out and they give out and they give out and they go and they go and you go. We're saying, fill up Myrick right now, this day, at this living way right now. Fill him up to the very fullest, Heavenly Father, from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. Fill him up. Recharge him. Ever ready, ever ready, going, going, going by the Holy Ghost. And sometimes when it's time to rest, he will rest. He'll get rejuvenated. This is time of rest right now. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to rejuvenate him. Rejuvenate Mauritia, Heavenly Father, his wife. Thank you, Father God, for what's happening in Poland, Heavenly Father. Thank you for the fire that's lit in the from the very bottom of his feet to the top of his head. Thank you, Heavenly Father. You're moving mightily through him. You're making a difference in Poland. One salvation at a time. One person at a time. Thank you, O oh God. Keep the fire burning, my Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, you're talking about being old. You're a young man. <laughs> Still that young man. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Joshua and Caleb walked the mountains. They were eight in their 80s because God had a call in their life to do that. Amen. And so 
Uh, they couldn't jump in the car and go somewhere. They walked those mountains. And so praise God, God has given you the strength to accomplish what he has called you to do. And I thank you, Lord, as, as, the, as the hairs grow gray, the heart grows stronger. And I just thank you for that. And my friend, Lord God and Father, I just thank you in the days ahead, you'll continue to strengthen his body and Marissa's Amen. body, Lord God, and you, you will Jesus. you will uh, order their steps, Lord God. And Father, if it's uh, they're doing something, trying to do something that you haven't called them to do, that they have the Holy Spirit that will guide their steps, Lord God. And Father, and the things that you have called them to do, they will. Uh, you, uh, you can see Mark's heart. If you've called him to do it, he's going to go at it, and, and he's going to be obedient to you, Father. And he's not going to be governed by what his what. People say his body ought to be doing at his age because I thank you, Lord, that you have uh, caused him to, to uh, his body to be obedient to your call also. And I thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, I'm just, I'm just thankful for what you're doing in Poland, and I'm thankful that you have connected us there uh, through this man and his family and his church and his leaders. And, Lord, as, as we pray for the nation... Lord, I, I'm just, I'm just reminded that when we pray for nations, we're praying for people. We're praying for people, Lord. It's not the, just this thing out there, not the, not the, just the the country out there. The the country is made up of people, and you have such a, such a love for people. Lord, you have such a, such a passion, Lord. It's it's all about. Uh, your desire for people, your your longing for people. What a what a great and awesome uh, plan that you have, God. And we we just thank you. We thank you for the people in Poland. We thank you that the best is yet to come, Lord. We thank you that you're still at work, Lord. We thank you that there's that you have appointed those who will be saved. That there's a harvest, and we thank you for raising up the workers. Uh, Lord, raising up laborers uh, alongside Pastor Mark and alongside every single leader that he is touching around the nation, God, uh, those pastors that are being trained, those pastors coming into the conferences, Lord, uh, those who are coming from different areas, different cities, different villages, Lord, we thank you that you are raising up laborers for the harvest. Lord, and I just thank you, Lord, that while Mark's here, Lord, I pray for... Or if there's there's somebody he needs to meet while he's in the United States for this trip, that's a new new connection. We ask for new connections and new relationships to be released, Lord. That there's divine partnerships that need to happen, God, and we thank you for that, Lord. While he's here, Lord, he'll be refreshed, he'll be renewed. But there'll be times where he knows I met this person for a reason, Lord, and there'll be fruit that comes from it, Lord. Just like him meeting. Uh, Ronnie and Greg and their families years ago. There's, there's people that he's gonna meet this time that'll be a connection that'll bear fruit for the long haul. And we thank you for that, God. And we declare your goodness over his life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we are dismissed. We're done. Please fellowship. Please come and if you've never met Pastor Mark, come chat with him and pick up uh, children's packets and the books back there in the foyer. And uh, be blessed, and we will look forward to seeing you soon.